Martha Kayak, good to see you. All the way from Pond Inlet via Ottawa. Did anybody know where Pond Inlet is? I, I see a hand. Can we use it for salvation as well? Yeah, Jody and I have been to Pond Inlet. Here's a Martha Batuzzi, Jody, all the way from Pond Inlet. So, um, and then, do we have anybody from Tynanaga? All the way from the Raz, <clears throat> welcome. <clears throat> do we have any visitors this morning? Any, any visitors? Please pick up one of these. There's a visitor card in there if you would like uh, somebody to correspond with you or answer any questions. Love to, you guys to fill this out. If, you, if you're a visitor or you haven't been here for a long time, maybe you could fill out one of these cards, and then we'll be able to contact you. So can you give our visitors a, a healthy welcome as well? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, and give the team a hand one more time as well. Hallelujah. I think I want to start off with um, a scene in, my, in this book that I wrote that Tom made reference to. And, and the, the question about 400 years ago that Hamlet proposed, um, the play Hamlet, the, the writing Hamlet proposed, about 400 years ago, is to be or not to be. What it was is Hamlet was wondering if he should commit suicide because of the current situation that he's in. Hamlet does not know what to do, so he is saying, to be or not to be, that is the question. But I want to tell you 400 years later, and I'm just stealing a, a little line from my book that I wrote, uh, 400 years later, the question isn't whether to be or not to be. The answer is to be. It's not whether or not you should be or not, should you exist or not exist. You need to exist and you need to be the fullness of who God called you to be. Because your breakthrough, Dylan, your breakthrough is somebody else's breakthrough. See, what am I doing here? I have failures in my past. I have frailties in my life. I, I am not perfect. I, I, what am I doing up here? Well, God is bigger than my past. God is bigger than my problem. God is bigger than the frailties of my past. God is bigger than my failure. God is bigger. And he wants me to fulfill my purpose more than I want to. God wants you to be successful more than you want to be successful. God wants you to receive your healing. Somebody right now is getting healed in your womb. I don't even know how to say this properly, so I'm just going to say your uterus is being healed right now. I don't even, forgive me, but I'm just telling you, that's, I'm, I want to tell you, you want to get, somebody wants to have a child this morning. Somebody wants to give birth to a child, and you're not, and you're not even, you've already had a child, but they're saying that you can't have another child. I want to tell you, you're being healed this morning right now. Your womb is being healed. I want to decree and declare, your womb is blessed in Jesus' mighty name, and you will have that child. You will have that deliverer, and, and, and keep standing because that that baby that will come forth in, in in even nine months time that baby that will come forth will be a deliverer to a sphere of influence and to a sphere of people that baby will be a, and needs to come forth so keep on standing and believe the word of the lord right now and you shall receive that fruit of your womb in jesus name amen can we give god a hand clap for that word of knowledge 
Amen. We got to engage our faith with that word. We believe for that right now. Somebody's been suffering from migraine headaches, headaches and right in the back of your head. Right now, it, God is lifting off that pain. Who is that? Right at the back of your head right here. That's coming off of your head right now in Jesus' mighty name. It's lifting. It's gone. Hallelujah. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for that? Oh, no. Wow. Can we give God a hand clap? She just got healed. Hallelujah. Do you know that the, angel, the angelic room is, is coming to minister to, through, and for those that would obtain salvation? Whew, there are angels here right now ministering to you. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. I'm trying to get your gaze off of your days. And I'm trying to get you to praise the one that is worthy of all of our praise. Because your, your victory is in your voice and in the power of your praise is producing your deliverance for tomorrow. What we're doing today is setting up and opening up opportunities for tomorrow. What we do today will affect. This is a new day. This is a new beginning. Don't be sad. That's a good word. Can somebody smile at me and make you think I like, might be on the same you know, good path or... Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But some of us feel like Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus, anybody know the story about Zacchaeus? If you've been in church more than twice, you've probably heard about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Boo. Oh, bless him, Lord, bless. Bless the CRA, in Jesus' name. But Zacchaeus was not a very um, reputable tax collector. He, he would steal from the people. He would steal from Rome. He would steal from the Jews. He would steal from anybody that had that cash. It would be gone. Zacchaeus heard about Jesus coming, so he positioned himself along the way that he knew that Jesus was coming. Jesus was coming by Jericho. Jericho was the place of crying out. Jericho was a place with a shout, with a great shout. Jericho was a place where God brought great deliverance. So Zacchaeus positioned himself where he knew Jesus would be. Can I tell you this morning, you fought the distractions and you came to church this morning and you positioned yourself this day. And you positioned yourself even with your shortcomings, even with your current sin. Awkward silence, awkward silence. He positioned himself in a place like you positioned yourself in a place today because Jesus is here right now. Maybe a better amen would have been appropriate there. Jesus is here right now. And Holy Spirit. So he positioned himself in the midst of his shortcomings because the Bible says he was short of stature. Can you hear me this morning? He, was, he had some shortcomings in his life. He, he might have had too much month for the money in that month. There might have been, but not in Zacchaeus' situation. I don't think it was, but he was still short in stature. He still had some shortcomings. He did not, he was not able to see properly. The circumstances around him were encumbering him 
from seeing God effectively. See, you even positioned yourself this morning. You, you've came out here, but you, your minds are clouded by the things of your, in, that went on yesterday and in the, through the week and in the circumstance and the things that we are facing right now. The enemy is trying to steal your gaze in the midst of the position that you put yourself in. Right here, right now, we take authority over every distraction. And we command every distraction to come down and be dissolved in your mind in Jesus' name. So Zacchaeus was short. So the Bible says he, he found the seek him more tree. The sycamore tree or the seek him more tree. He climbed up. He, he had to change his gaze. He had to change his focus. He had, to he had to refocus. He had to climb higher. He had to go higher. He had to climb up a little higher. And I want to encourage you this day, climb a little higher. Go a little higher. He's saying to you prophetically this morning through me, he's saying to you, come up here and let me show you. It's time to change our gaze so we can have the goodness that he pre-plan for our days. It's time to recalibrate our mind by the sight that we're given as we are called up higher and shown his provision. Come up here. Zacchaeus took it upon himself to climb a little higher. To climb up the seek him more tree. And then he, you know what he did, Tom? He, he went out on a branch. I'm not making this up. You can read this in Luke chapter 19. He went on a branch. He went out on a limb. He took a leap of faith and he climbed up higher and he, he went out on a limb. Why? So he could see Jesus. There's three statements I want you to get this morning. Your gaze will determine your days. Your perception is your reality. And what you behold is what you will become. There'll be a, a short quiz that will determine your entrance into heaven at the end of the service on this topic. Just kidding, Lauren. Just a little joke there. But don't forget these statements because this, this will change the way you think. This will change the way you, you receive. Your gaze will determine your days. Say that to me. My gaze will determine my days. Your perception, or sorry, my perception is my reality. And what I behold... I will become. If you can see it, you can have it. You need to live in the land of imagination. Image nation, imagination. But you need to take your, hello, good morning. Is everybody here still? 
You need to take your thoughts into captivity. And you need to focus your gaze upon the creator of the universe. And you need to focus what the word of God says rather than the circumstantial evidence in a temporary realm. There's mountains all around you trying to make a valley and there are things in your life that are, caught, that are trying to keep you in a pit. You know what the beautiful thing about a pit is? All you can do is look up. Because if you're in a pit, you, you're, you're surrounded by your circumstance. And if you find yourself in a pit, you're in a good place because you're being, your focus, if you could just have the audacity in the midst of your circumstance, in the midst of your problem, and in the midst of your pain, if you have the audacity to look up. The Bible says, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. If you can... If I can get you to get your focus off of what you're going through and put it onto who you're going to. Your days will change. Because you refocused your gaze. Too many times in prayer we, we spend time reporting to God all the bad things that we're going through. Oh, God, I don't, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know if you can see down here, but my God, God, it's so bad. Don't do that. Don't run, in, don't run into his courts complaining about everything you don't have. I'm lifting that burden off of you this morning. I'm lifting off that burden that, that you, and, and that fear that you got to run in and you got to just commit. Uh, Father, I'm so sorry. I've been a bonehead this week. Oh, Father God, I missed it. I, I blew it. I, I sinned. I did that. Don't, don't run in like that. Is that bad too? Well, not necessarily, but it's not the God way. We need to run into his, into, through his gates with thanksgiving. Even in the midst of what you're going through, it's Thanksgiving. I, I know at times when you're going through this, you don't necessarily want to hear this message. I, I know at times I want to lick my wounds and I want to, but you know what? If you have to lick your wounds, lick your wounds. We're going to be here for you. But I want to tell you there's a better way. It's entering into his gates with Thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's what the Bible says. We, we, if you can just, if you can grit your teeth and, and just turn and just say, Father, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. This death has been too much. This, this disappointment has been too much. This pain has been too much. This problem, I'm too short, Lord God. I have too many shortcomings. I don't know what to do. If you have the audacity in the midst of it to just refocus and look to him. Everything will begin to change. There's always something good to be thankful for. And it's contagious. It's contagious. When you begin to, re begin to operate in the good news. Say, I am anointed to preach good news. I'm anointed to declare good news. I'm anointed to give praise. I'm anointed to give the good report. The good news is 
the good news that Jesus paid the price for your all excess past to everything that, that God predetermined that you should walk in and have and every resources and every provision in the midst of fulfilling your vision. It's all been provided by the blood, by the good news. Jesus paid for your sins, past, present, and future. All you have to do is apply it. Believe it and receive the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Is anybody changing your gaze this morning? Anybody refocusing today? It doesn't matter what you're going through. Right now, there's a greater grace that's been made available to you. There is a greater grace than any problem you're facing today. Jesus is and was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Anybody heard that scripture before? Jesus was and is the lamb that was slain before God created the heavens and the earth. If God created the heavens and the earth and then created us and did not provide what he did provide, we'd be in a fix. We'd be in a mess. But Jesus... The lamb was slain before there was any need for a savior. What am I saying? He gave you answers before you had any problems. He set up solutions before the fall of man. He put in places in your life things, resources, finances, healings, anointings, deliverances. Ever before there was ever need of deliverance, healing, or salvation. He is ahead of the game. And if you can look a little deeper, good morning. If you can, if I can get you to Look a little deeper. If, if I can let you, if I can get you to just have the audacity to look a little farther and to stand a little longer. Pair, if we could just stand and keep on standing, we will see the deliverance of the Lord in the land of the living. We're not giving up. We're not giving in. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give in to the pressure that comes in this life for us to live in mediocrity. We, we're, we're blessed in this nation, but that blessing often becomes a burden because we're looking to everything that we, that we have in the physical to determine our days. You're not the sum total of your education. You're not the sum total of your experiences. You're not the sum total of your sin. You're not the sum total of your victories. You're none of those things. You're the sum total of what God dreamed that you would be and everything that you were called to be. It's not be or not to be. It's be because when you begin to be everything God called you to be, that's when everybody gets blessed. 
How do I be? How do I become? How do I become everything that God called me to be? We've been talking about these three chairs. Chair three is the kingdom of this world. And we can get saved from this chair. And nobody wants to sit in this chair because it's metal and it's hard and it's going to leave funny marks on your bottom. Nobody wants to be here. Thank you for the smile that I got. Yes, he said bottom. But we don't want to just move to chair two. And it's no big deal if, in your cha- if you're in chair two. We're not condemning. Some, sometimes it's just life is rough. And sometimes we, we don't know how to do it. And, and we end up sitting in chair two, which is the kingdom. We're, we're saved, but we're still trying to do it in our la- past life self-image. We're trying to live the kingdom life, but we're living it, trying to do it, and with a mentality of the world. Say refocus. You've been transferred. If you, is anybody saved in this room? Anybody born again? Bible says that you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and translated and transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Say I've been transferred out of darkness and into his glorious light. I am living in the spirit. I am in heaven right now. Do you believe that? See, you are a spirit. You live in a body and you possess a soul. So your, your soul is telling you you're not living in heaven, and your body for sure is saying, are you crazy? If, if I'm living in heaven, mm. but your spirit is living in heaven, the real you. I am a spirit. I live in a body, and I possess a mind, will, and emotion. My mind, my will, and my emotion are lining up with my born-again spirit, and that's what gives me victory in this realm. I'm not dictated to by the circumstantial evidence. I'm not dictated to by my problems or the sin that I commit. I'm not dictated to by the problems. I'm not dictated to by these things. Is anybody else in that boat with me? Does anybody else want to be in that boat? That we're not dictated by our emotions. Because things, things, I mean, life gets really real at times. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be there at the midnight hour, and here it is, 1230. Anybody been there? That debt was supposed to be paid. Well, you've been believing, you've been caught, you even sowed into that victory. You, you saw, God said to sow into this, and I would say, you'd see a harvest, and all of a sudden, there goes your car. Life gets real. How do we not be dictated by that? I want to tell you, every time there's a pain, every time there's a problem, that must have a payday. We're not just going to take one on the chin and just say this, oh, well, bad things happen to good people. I guess this is my lot in life. I guess this is what what I'm going to have to go through. No. We do take it on the chin. We do keep on standing. We, we grit our teeth. We, we ask, we call on God. But then we ask God, 
to bring seven times greater, we then ask for the greater grace that has been made available and the answers that he put in that situation to come forth and manifest and that we would actually, at the end of the day, be stronger, more powerful, more influential than we would have not had the opportunity had those problems not come our way. Say, I'm refocusing. We've got to get our minds off our mountains. When you pay attention to something, in this economy, what you pay for is what you get. Can you hear me this morning? In this economy of seed time and harvest, what you pay for, what you sow into, what you pay attention to is the product that you get reproducing in your life. Your gaze will determine your days. Your perception is your reality. Which you are perceiving, that your thoughts. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your thoughts come by your gaze. What you feed upon in your days will determine your thoughts. And what your thoughts are, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth thinks. Or your, your, your mouth speaks. Your perception is your reality. What you perceive, and, and we seem to be stuck in a, in a circle of, and I call it paradigm paralysis. We're stuck in this paradigm paralysis where we can't see beyond our heritage. We can't see beyond our environment. We can't see the goodness beyond our occupation. We can't see beyond what we're going through. We can't see because the mountains are staring us down. There's a paradigm paralysis. We need a paradigm breakthrough. We need to elevate. We need to be like Zacchaeus and climb up a little higher. Go up a little higher and see Jesus. Okay. If you have your Bibles, turn to First John or First John chapter three. Maybe the team can make their way back to the stage. First John chapter three, verse two says, Beloved, how Beloved, now we are children of God. Can somebody say amen? We are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Don't be moved by what you see. He's not done with me yet. Don't be moved by what you see in your life. He's not done with you yet. It's not yet been revealed. And I want to tell you, your best days are now, right now, today, and your best days are coming upon you in Jesus' name. Your current circumstance is not your epitaph. It has not yet been revealed 
what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, say, if I could just see him, I could be like him. But when, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. We sh- for we shall see him as he is. That's not for the sweet by and by pie in the sky. That's not just when you die. It's not just when he comes back. And then we'll see him. And then we'll be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. That's not what it's making reference to. It said, in the midst of your circumstance, continuing to praise him. Right in the midst of your sin, right in the midst of your problem. Allowing the grace of praise to pull back the veil. Reveal Jesus. Literally, your victory is in your voice. Your deliverance is in your declaration. The enemy is trying to shut you down and shut you up and trying to get you to stay within your paradigm paralysis. And the Lord is saying to you today, I'm revealing my goodness to you. I want to reveal my kindness to you. I want to show you a better way. It's not been yet revealed what we would be. Have you been asking God, what am I going to be when I grow up? I've been asking God that lately. So what am I going to be when I grow up? What do you want me to be? Because it's, it's not just a destination. It's not all of a sudden that you just, one day you wake up and you're this magnificent creature that God called you to be. It's a process. You're being changed from glory to glory. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, that as we look into the mirror of his glory, as we look into the glory, as we seek his face, as we look into his face, and we see him as he is. We are being changed from that, from our glory to his glory. It says in Psalms 27, 8, seek my face. Require for look to me. When we look at him as his face is being revealed to us today and we look with intentionality we're, we're looking to him we're seeking after him with all of our heart he said you would find me Zacchaeus saw him he went out on the he climbed up higher I, I'm encouraging you this morning come on up here do whatever you gotta do to get out on that limb so that you can see Jesus because if you can see Jesus The Bible says that Jesus saw Zacchaeus. And you know what he told Zacchaeus? Today, salvation has entered into your house. Today, I'm coming with you. 
How many need Jesus to come with you into your house? How many people need salvation to your children, salvation to your family, salvation to your community? How many people need Jesus to show up, to show off, and to change everything? This is your moment to go out on a limb, to take a leap of faith, to go up higher, to see Jesus. Because if you can see him, he's guaranteed to see you. I don't have all the answers manifested in my life. But as I keep on standing, he keeps on changing me. He's merciful. He's loving. He's kind. His love is from everlasting to everlasting. But I don't feel it. I don't, I don't know that of him. Don't give up now. Zacchaeus positioned himself. He got to the place where Jesus was going to be, and then he repositioned himself. He went up a little higher. I'm asking you this morning that you're here. You're putting in your time. You, you did your job. You showed up for your two hours on Sunday morning. And we're grateful for that. I'm not belittling that. But I just want to encourage you this morning to go a little higher. To not only position yourself, but reposition yourself in your mind, your will, and your emotions. Reposition your gaze. Refocus this morning. And I'm going to end here, and then I'm just going to welcome you. In Matthew chapter 25, if you can't afford my book and you, and you really want it, um, I will give you a copy. If you will read it, I'll give you a copy. If you can't afford it, if you can't afford it, it's 20 bucks. If you can't afford 20 bucks, give me 10 bucks. I don't care. I just want to get it in your hands. If you can't afford it, honestly, I'll give you one. 